So let's just assume we're ballparking calling 10 mil for 106 shows. That's a billion dollars. So if it's 10 mil a show, stadium gets about 30%. So that's 3 mil out the door. Staging, so you're setting up the stage about 20%. That's another 2 mil. And then promoter gets about 10% of the gross. So that gives Taylor 40% in her pocket, roughly, from the that 10. That sounds about right, yeah. yeah. So and that's not including merch and stuff. Merch is on yeah, top of that, Yeah, that's not including merch. Merch is probably pure profit. Merch is very high margin, obviously. So it sounds like each show is about, you guys will laugh at this. So yeah. she's getting $25 from each person times 50. That's another mil a show. So now we're at literally five mil a show. And that's how it gets to the other headline number. What's five mil times 106 shows? That's 500 plus mil to her. Profit. So Taylor Swift will make $500 million on this tour. Incredible. Pre-tap. <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of No Investment Advice. We've got the NI boys here today. Jack Butcher, Trunk fan, Bilal Zaidi. We're back, boys. We're all back at home base. You see me with the plant in the background. Feels good to be back in America just in time for 4th of July weekend. How are you boys doing, mate? What's going on? Did you plan your trips so that you'd be back for the 4th? Oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of just worked out. But no, I mean, I'm not even doing that much for it. But definitely thought, oh, that would be a good introduction back into the American way of life. You know, just a barbecue and uh, celebrating freedom sort of life. So cool. that's pretty that's much. <laughs> one of the three of us here is doing some real 4th of July stuff. I believe that, Jack Butcher. Least. Is it preheating right now? What temperature are you trying to get? What meats will you be putting on the grill right after this call? I just got back from Costco yesterday, boys. A boot just ready? full. A trunk yeah. full, I should say. A red meat. <laughs> a, a trunk full. <laughs> All right, yo. Yeah, can you give us the itinerary of what What's you the barbecue rundown? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually a little conservative, but you know they've got the like one and a half inch thick New York strip ribeye. Oh, like a 30 pack? Or like the 12 pack? The big boy, the big yeah. boy packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some shrimp. You know, a little bit of everything. Shrimp on the barbie. Man, shrimp. There we go. Shrimp is so easy to cook. I love it, man. You just throw it on and it turns orange. It's underrated. Everything oh, else, barbecue, you might yeah. have salmonella. You might freaking undercook no, shrimp. it. Fast protein, boys. Shrimp. Yeah. Clean. Well, there's no better way to start this off than a meme in a week to talk about our favorite American idol of the moment who we'll be talking about today, Taylor Swift. She's about to hit a billion dollars on her tour. So, Jack, do you want to pull up the meme in a week for us, mate? Here we go. Trung, this is a Trung special. Trung, do you want to explain to us what's going on in this picture well, so here for I'll the people listening? I'll actually give credit to my wife here. And so she sends me. So I tell her. <laughs> so good. She's on Instagram. I don't use Instagram. So she always sees all their meme accounts. Half the stuff on Instagram is stolen from Twitter anyways. But the other half is like kind of evergreen. And then she just sends me like three or four things a day. I'm like, send me content. <laughs> so she sent me this yesterday morning. So good. I'm like, this is gold. So this was from an account called Stereo Gum on Facebook, but I'm sure they ganked it from somewhere else. I saw it on Archbishop of Banterbury oh, as well, one of my favorites. Right? Okay, yeah, so it's yeah. already going around. So for the listeners, what this is, is it's a it's a TV uh, uh, show in a Chiron. The, the banner at the bottom says Taylor Swift fan. Woman hides identity because she called in sick to work. And there's literally a woman being interviewed with a pink towel on and sunglasses. I don't even know if this is real, but I believe it to be real because this, as we're about to talk about, this Taylor Swift uh, Ayers tour is ridiculous. It's like the most it thing I can remember in many, many years. Have any either of you guys slash your wives gone to the tour yet? Nope. No, our neighbors well, went. Our neighbors went. Neighbors no. went? 
Did they say what it was, was amazing? What was the feedback? Yeah, so it was great. I think they, well, I think they actually were supposed to go to the one here and it, the weather was awful and then on one of the natural nights, some insane uh, storm came through and I think a lot of people just waited there until 11 o'clock. She just played the whole set, but just like three or four hours later, they went to Minneapolis, I think, to go and uh, wow. see it a couple of weeks ago or last week, something, yeah. So, well, you're kind of well, Bilal, why don't you tell the listeners what we'll talk about other than the Taylor Swift tour? But that's yeah, what well, we got. Bit. So, we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift because it's Fourth of July special. Obviously, you got to talk about that. We're going to touch on affirmative action and then we're going to do our travel discussion segment that we were trying to get to last episode, but we, we ran out of time. So, we saved that for this week. Uh, so, that should be the three things today. And I will Beautiful. say, my missus is going to California, especially to watch this tour. So, she's going. With her best friend who's pregnant, she's gonna be like seven, eight months pregnant, I think, by that point. And uh, I mean, this is gonna be like to send what off. is happening. Why yeah. is this such a big deal, right? No, she's literally well, flying across the country to watch this. It's pretty crazy. Wait, Jack, have you ever seen Taylor Swift live? Nope. Okay. All right. So, well, uh, why don't we tee us up with that? So, the the, the meat of this uh, segment is a Wall Wall Street Journal article from Neil Shah. Last week, Neil Schott, I believe, is a music and entertainment reporter. Yeah. He wrote that this tour, Taylor Swift Airs tour, which started in March, just three months ago, is on pace to do over a billion dollars gross, which will be the first tour ever to do that. So I could talk, we'll talk yeah. in general about more, but blah, what, what else did you see from that article yeah, that I mean, kind of piqued your interest? Yeah, just from uh, what I've read, and I know you're writing about this for you. Is it coming out this week in your newsletter, or yeah, is it like on next Saturday? Week? I got some on yeah, sat posts. All right, cool, perfect. So yeah, I mean the third, the th interesting thing is she's not really releasing her numbers. It sounds like so normally every like night they'll be releasing this. I forgot the third party that reports all of this, but that's why when we've heard about Ed Sheeran, you know, um, Elton John, like these massive acts, they've been like the two really big ones before, from what I understand representing the UK that's nice to see um, but they basically re they will clear like the gross number for the night and they'll report it and then at the end of the year you get these roundups of who made the most money but in this case it sounds like she's not reporting that she's going to do that right at the end or something like that which I thought yeah, was quite she, interesting I mean she doesn't have to right the, the yeah. main purpose a lot of people report numbers for tours is it drums up hype like yeah. oh this tour like did another, this week yeah, it's like another exactly. news story right exactly it's like when um New York Times bestseller list for your book. Like once you hit that, even more people get interested and it, there's like a, a cycle 100%. there. percent But yeah, I think, and the thing is we've talked about her before. Um, obviously she's like a, a superstar already, but remember we had the Spotify discussion thing with her where, so, you know, where she was pulling out of deals that she, she had from years catalog. ago. She said exactly. the, the streaming was way too low. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about she, She's got major flex, but blah, I wanted to mention one thing. You're saying shout out to the British cats because uh, Ed Sheeran, Elton John, which have had massive tours. So actually, let me list you guys the current highest grossing tours ever. Five of the top six are British. Which Five of the top six. That's why. Five of the top six. So and there's it's Craig David them. in the list. <laughs> Let's hear. It. No, let not. me see this. I'm Seven Days is such a great song. Incredible. I'm list them, and I'm curious as to how many of these tours you guys have been to. I'm sure Jack's been to a lot of them. So number one right now, this is inflation adjusted, is U2, uh, the U2 360 tour. That's 2009, 2011. That was 960 million. Ed Sheeran, 
the was it the, the the division sign tour? I don't know what that is. That's mm-hmm. 2017, 2019. That's 888 million. He's a beast. That's Uncle incredible. John, man. Yeah. Uh, farewell, Yellow Brick Road is 2018 to 2023. So that is 887. Rolling Stones, a bigger bang, is 205 to 207 is 780 million. Guns N' Roses, the only American and non-British act in the top five right now. Is uh, not in the life, not in this lifetime, 2016 to 2019, 700 mil. And then Coldplay, uh, Head Full of Dreams, wow. 2016, 2017, 624. So apparently they're touring right now. They might also break a bill on their current tour. But have you guys been to any of those tours? Nope. I don't I don't think I have. I've seen Ed Sheeran live, but not on his official tour. That? I saw him like in Central Park or something. Jack, can uh, you go to the uh, Head Full of Dreams, Coldplay? I feel like that's a Jack joint right there. Oh, no, not Coldplay fan. That's like I haven't actually. Uh, most of that stuff I would have been caught at festivals. Yeah. So oh, okay. Back in You'd... back in back in my live music days, I was trying to get as much bang for my buck as possible, mate. <laughs> yeah. Did Share you go to Glastonbury, Jack? We used How to do. How many acts can we get in here? Reading Festival. I oh, used to do every year and uh, Global Gathering. Wow. Class. It's a good time. You... Did you wait? Did you go to Glastonbury? Never been to Glastonbury. No. As my Elton mom John has been like 10 that. times. You see that? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And then, so, Trunk, can I ask a quick question? Because um, yeah. for people listening, like, I know if I was listening to this, I would have lost, got lost on the numbers a little bit because yeah, yeah. it's quite hard to... 700 to, to 900 million is the ballpark the of ballpark. those top six. Yeah. But the key question here is, though, for comparison, some of these are, like, longer than others, right? Yes. That was kind of a weird metric. I thought it would be better to look at per year. Because, I mean, obviously it's like one big tour and they're, they're making the most of that one big tour. But, like, it looks like her one is way shorter so far and she's already hitting this amount. That's a great point you're bringing up. It's not apples to apples, obviously, because some, like, Elton John's a six-year tour, right? And uh, yeah. and, and also per year is tough because it's like you could do 200 shows in one year if you wanted. Yeah. But so let's talk specifically to her and yeah. let's standardize it a bit. The way I'd standardize it is this, is what is the gross per show? And she's about 10 million right now. So call it 50,000 uh, per show because she's doing large stadiums and call it 200 average ticket. So like the the retail price, not the markup on secondary, right? So 200 times 50,000 is 10 million a show. That's top line. We'll break down what her walkaway is, but you brought up a great point. So her 10 million a show is compared to the list I gave you, the, by far the top. The only other one that's close is U2, which was about $7 million a show. So they're commanding higher ticket prices and uh, filling a lot of stadium seats. Every other show is between 3 to $5 million gross per show. So that's probably a good standard metric, right? And uh, to your point about the number of shows, so she started this tour in March. You guys remember the, uh, we talked about it then, right? The Ticketmaster stuff? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like she the broke The prices ticket. went up crazy. Yeah, she broke it. Like people have been... Uh, part of the reason why this tour is so big is she hasn't toured in, I think, five years. COVID obviously was a big reason for that. And in the period from her last tour, which, by the way, I believe her last tour was Reputation, it was the highest grossing U.S. tour ever. So she had already, she's already, but I think that's $300 million about. Uh, and her previous tour before that did it with two fifty. So she's been in the two to 300 range. So, like, if you were to ask at the beginning of the year, who's going to break a bill? Like, she's in the conversation, right? Yeah. But it still was the perfect storm because, well, I'll ask Jack about this. Jack, you went to so many, obviously you had kids between then, but like 
you used to go to so many live acts, then COVID happens, everything dies down. There's this there's pent up demand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it feels like even just uh I don't know, I don't even think it's it might have converted new people to it even, not just people who didn't get to go. It was like, oh, I've been stuck inside for two years. Like it feels like the desire to spend on experiences in public has increased as a function of people being stuck inside, regardless of what it is, eating out, going to concerts, doing anything Travel. outside. Yeah, yeah, traveling, just like every single one of those things feels like it's under strain with the amount of demand that is uh, that exists for it now. You brought, that's such a great point because, uh, sorry, Bill, before uh, you throw the question, I wanted to jump on Jack's point because it is a great point. Her fandom pre-COVID was largely female and in her teens, like call it the 15 to 30 range. But like you, exactly like you said, there's like the appetite is now no longer one demographic. Is everybody just wants to do cool shit? What is the cool shit in 2023 right now? It's just blah. Your Bert, Melina, and her friend are flying cross country to watch Taylor. Yeah, yeah. That's my, insane. Uh, my neighbors, Celia, was like, "Please get me the merch from the." That would well, the, the other part. Yeah. The merch is like flying off the shelves too, like that. I mean, we'll get yeah. into that because it was yeah, covered in the article, but crazy. Yeah, sorry. Well. That, yeah, we'll get into it. I was just gonna. No, no, yeah. go for it, go for it. You're the merch I was going to say, there's so. a difference between the merch you can buy on the internet and the merch you can get at the show, right? It's very That's subtly true. different, but the flex of the mm. the tour dates, I think, on the back is the the show-exclusive version of the merch. The other thing I was told about uh, when our neighbors went is the hotel they stayed in must have had a partnership with the tour in some capacity because they reskinned the whole thing. All the pictures on the walls were changed out for you know, her, her tour photos or like lyric sheets or whatever stuff in there relates to Taylor lyric Swift. But the whole, the whole thing was like, the whole yeah. thing was customized you for going to, Are you literally talking about the sheets you're sleeping in the bed? I'm talking about the, the music, music. The music, I know, I messed yeah, it yeah. around. Just because you said the hotel and I was thinking you go to sleep and you're just sleeping on Taylor Swift's Mate, lyrics. That's incredible. Listen, oh, it's a missed merchandise opportunity right true. there, I'm sure. There we go. Well, they're saying the economic impact, one guesstimate, I mean, these numbers can be whatever, right? So she's doing 52 shows in the United States. Uh, they said the economic impact from those 52 shows in the local economy for hotels, bars, restaurants, transportation is $4 billion. Like, she's adding that to the local economies. And I'm like, that can't be real. But then I don't know if you guys saw, but I think two weeks ago, Sweden reported higher inflation numbers because of Beyonce. So Beyonce rolled into town. That's wild. And like, <laughs> F&B goes up, hotel goes up. Uh, and that was all tracked by the, uh, I guess, the central bank or whoever is doing the numbers over there. But back to Taylor Swift, I think we're all capturing kind of what is making this so unique. Because you're right. If you were to ask at the beginning of the year, who up at who are, let's do it right now. It's January 2023, six months ago. And you're like, okay, there's all this pent up demand. Which live app could fill it? Let's list off the top of her head right now. Blow. I think Which it would literally app? just be Taylor Swift, obviously, and uh, Ed Sheeran because he's still beast. Yeah, uh, Beyonce, I wonder, right? Beyonce, Beyonce, Drake. Drake yeah, maybe but Drake. Does Drake ever hit that level? I don't think. Well, not, he. I don't think he has that international. I mean, he clearly does. I think he's got international, right. but I'm just wondering, like that level of. I don't know, yeah, because he's like the number one. He's been the number one in like hip hop for a while streaming, in terms of yeah. streaming. You just don't but... have the demo 
the demo breadth with the type of music you make, right? It's like he has absolutely maxed out this. I feel like anybody that would listen to his music, but you ta you don't take kids to a Drake concert, that, right? That's what uh, I was going to yeah, say. It's ah. like the pen, the also the scarcity, the fact that she hasn't done an album, uh, done a tour for so long. Like it's it's just this scarce for resource. Like okay, now we're gonna go. The other thing I was gonna mention is the millennial thing. I don't I don't know how much of this is related, but just with the millennial buying power, like for so many people, this was their childhood teen, uh, you know, like sweetheart artist, right? And like that is their their teen, uh, you know, artist that they grew up with. So for that reason, I think so many of them are like like Melina. She's going with her best friend who lives in California. To be fair. Right, and then she's from California, so she can make it. Is Marina a big Taylor Swift fan? Yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's what not, about, she's um, not like crazy, but like she likes, she likes her music. Yeah, for sure. What about Bieber? Bieber is a he, good one, actually. Didn't he, he do? I, didn't he cancel a world tour? He did. He did. Uh, I, I, I don't think he has the same uh, tempo as one. I think he's again. I think he's capped on his demo. I think Taylor. What about Harry so, Styles as well? Maybe no. Is I don't think Harry Styles level? in that. I don't think he's in that ballpark. No? I think it is basically what we listed. It's like, yeah. okay, somebody was going to hit Ed a Ed Sheeran has the same, yeah. like, kid appeal, his radio 50 times a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's true. So, yeah, there are only, like, a handful of people that could have hit a bell. But even then, you still need some special things to happen, right? So I think you kind of nailed a lot of it, Bilal. It's like, her demo, so she's been performing for almost two decades. So she has 10 albums, two decades. All that fandom is built up. Like you said, you're, you're young, you're 13, you're... Uh, 15 growing up with her now you got cheddar right you haven't seen her live yeah that, that's what years. i was gonna say it's like they've got the money to do it and now, we kind of yeah. mentioned it she had this beef with her uh former record label i think it's called big machine jack is it big machine that's mm -hmm, a big mm -hmm. yeah so she had a beef with them over uh song rights and ownership so she re-recorded everything which is one of the most boss moves that's ever. so gangster yeah, she's yeah. like oh okay <laughs> i'm going to re-record all these albums and then in the title, so when you go to stream a song, it's going to be called Taylor's Version. Like, who do you think Melina and her friends are going to stream when they see those songs? Are they going to stream Taylor's Version? Yeah, respect. So she released a couple of re-recorded albums in 2021. So while she wasn't touring, and while the world wasn't touring doing any live act, she's still building up that hype machine, right? And the other parts that are relevant, and again, why, what makes her so uniquely qualified to be the first billion, is she's so online. Like she has over on Tumblr, she's replied to over thirty thousand posts with her fans. Like she, like an animal, right? You say right? Tumblr, yeah, on Tumblr. That's like probably she, less than you, Trung. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, the thing is this: she's got a lot less time on her yeah, hands too. Was. So she's like, she's like, I reply to a lot of people. I do, but uh, but she's like, she's super online. She knows about every trend. She gets into like online conversations. She's very like, people are, like interact with her like Jer for a lot of her album releases she invite like like super fans and like she'll do private listening parties and those things will go viral when they come out uh, you know the other thing that's cool is like how transparent she's been about the like dealings with the labels and the, I think that idea got a lot of people into her music in a much more significant way and wanting to support outside of that system too, right? Like the, it buys you a huge, like everybody's rooting for her to win after she's been so transparent about how her creativity has been, you know, essentially rent 
affected by rent seeking over the last however long, and it's called just a... expanded her. That's another to your point. It's another thing that expands her audience, Is right? It? So, so she started fifty two tours originally. They added fifty four. So now we'll get to the numbers. So if you if you do ballpark the ten million a show, and granted international dates might not be doing ten million a show. You know, like tickets gonna be cheaper. Maybe less people show up, but. I think everything will be sold out. There's no question about it. And one one side note, because it was Canada Day on Saturday, we joked about it, but I was like, what do you guys do for Canada Day? I'm like, I don't know. We just kind of front run the 4th of July by three days. And like, that's kind of our celebration. But no Canadian dates, right? She's like, I don't have time for these small markets. But this goes to why, and uh, Blau, this circles about exactly what you said about Melina and her friend flying. One thing that made this so unique was she copied Harry Styles. Harry Styles was doing residencies. He'd post up in a big stadium somewhere in a big city instead of just going to every single city. He went to a giant stadium and made people come to him. And Taylor obviously has the clout to do that. She'll go to the biggest stadium in a region and she'll do three, four, five nights in a row there or however many. And the people will go there instead of her having to tour out. And that saves her transportation costs, setup costs, and it also brings everybody, again, it's just like, we talk, it's like this, how do you concentrate attention, right, and energy? It's like, you just stay at one place. You guys come to me, right? And uh, there's an extra added, added value to it, and now she gets to fill these massive stadiums. And, and we're uh, trunk. These arenas are what, like 50,000, 60,000 people, yeah, right? Yeah, 50,000, like 60,000, 70,000, massive. Incredible. Like, she's only doing the biggest venues. and uh, So cool. And yeah, so that you, you I can't think not that, be like happy for her though, right? Like that level oh. of what, especially like you said, the way she's shared all the struggles with the music, re-recording it. You, you, and I think also with like back in the day with the Kanye West stuff that happened early in her career, like yeah. on stage, like there's always just been this like America's sweetheart sort of vibe um, brewing, and it's 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 really cool. It's really cool to I see. I mean, she's that. such a. I mean, her dad is a was a pretty successful Merrill Lynch. I believe Merrill Lynch wealth manager, but nice. they're not, they're not dumb. They're, ex- yeah. I remember they moved to Nashville for her when she yeah. was in her early teens for her music career. And that's a move she wanted to do. Uh, they were extremely saddened, right? Like the, the smartest business people, music be- business people in the music business. So I'll cut through the numbers. I know Blau, you've seen some of this. So happy to get uh, actually Jack's opinion too on the merch stuff. So let's just assume we're ballparking calling 10 mil. For 106 shows, that's a billion dollars. So uh, from the from World Wall Street Journal article, a lot of a lot of experts say it's maybe going to be seven, eight hundred, nine, maybe nine hundred million. The whole point is this: it's going to be one of the top three grossing concerts ever. And as everything we've discussed, it's been the perfect storm for why it would happen at this moment. Pent up demand, just she's had 10 years to grow her audience and uh, and, and uh, 10 albums, right? So here we go. Uh, top line is, tell me if you guys know, I don't know anything about the music industry, so uh, this is what Neil wrote. So if it's 10 mil a show, stadium gets about 30%, so that's 3 mil out the door. Staging, so you're setting up the stage about 20%, that's another 2 mil. And then promoter gets about 10% of the gross. So that gives Taylor 40% in her pocket, roughly, from the that 10. That sounds about right, yeah. yeah. So and that's not including merch and stuff. Merch is on yeah, top of that, Yeah, that's not including merch. Merch is probably pure profit. Merch is very high margin, obviously. So it sounds like each show is about 
you guys will laugh at this. Actually, Jack will laugh at this. Jack, the average, this is my estimate, the average person spending 50 bucks. That feels low, right? Of 60,000, I don't know. You think the average person is buying one? Well, actually, if you buy one piece. Because a hoodie is like $75, I think. Yeah. So I yeah, there's some people buying like a I t-shirt you on that's the top lower. end because they, I think they restrict it too. Oh, I yeah, think you're only you... allowed one of each, or I think there's oh, wow. uh, there's some yeah, restricted will be selling supply. That as well. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess an extra fifty bucks where you're clearing, I don't know the merch margins, and they're not that crazy, but they are just like, it's not like they're engineering garments, right? They're just screen printing. Blanks, yeah, exactly. Of which they're getting a nice bulk Call it 50%, discount right? On. So yeah. she's getting $25 from each person times 50. That's another mil a show. So now we're at literally 5 mil a show. And that's how it gets to the other headline number. What's 5 mil times 106 shows? That's 500 plus mil to her. Profit. So Taylor Swift will make $500 million on this tour. Incredible. Three times. <laughs> wow. But uh, that's, uh, that's some insane stuff right there, yeah? What are, and what just are to, thoughts? So try well, just to clarify the numbers. So we're saying for the merch specifically, it's one to two mil a night, sounds like. Yeah. That's crazy for just merch in that amount of people. Cause because it doesn't sound like a lot of fifty dollars per person, but when you say there's sixty thousand people, that is a million, two million uh, per Into night. That is to her, yeah. That's sick. So, uh, those are the those are the numbers. Any 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 thoughts on those numbers other than it's insane? No, it sounds about right, the numbers yeah, from what, so you, what you've estimated. So she's going to grow, the tour will grow a bill, and she'll walk away with 500 mil pre-tax. I mean, listen, well-earned, right? I mean, there's there's one more part of it that I want to add, which is uh, uh, we alluded to how internet savvy she is, but there's 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 one thing that is so unique about what she's doing. Each So each concert, she does, I think, 44 songs. It's four, three to four hours, 44 songs, going through all her hits. But each show has one special live act or one special unique thing. So there's like an Easter egg for each show and it keeps all the fans involved. So like people are guessing, hey, what's the Easter egg she's going to drop at this next show? Well, or like, you know, you start tracking it in like fandom style, just like how we watch Succession, right? It's like, oh, she's doing a show tomorrow. I wonder what the Easter egg is going to be. So she's keeping everyone engaged, everyone on the edge of their seat, super online because all these videos end up on TikTok and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's like an on... Man, Jack, you, I love your thoughts on it. It's like an ongoing event, right? Like live stream, basically 24-7. That feeling, even though it isn't. Yeah, it's amazing how they, like, I think even without the even without the live tour, I don't remember a specific example of this, but you know when people, like, the mob descends in defense of the pop star or the celebrity that has the, like, everlasting base of support, this just strengthens that by an order of magnitude because that's a very specific thing happening every day versus waiting for people to put music out or uh, like it keeps the story happening in real time. And I'm like so far outside of how people actually talk about that stuff that sounds, you know, it's hard to believe that that does have, that keeps the resonance that it does, but it it makes sense now. Well, I have a question for you guys. Do you know, We've talked a lot about the high end of music still making money, but there's been conversation for 20 years around uh, musicians not making as much because of streaming, or I'd say like 10, 15 years probably is more accurate. But how does this compare to other forms of, you know, entertainment? Because there's, 
you know, music at this level on the high end. I'm curious if anyone's coming close to this with live events. The only other thing I'm thinking of is like Kevin Hart when he did comedy in arenas and that. And yeah. that but I think that was just really good for comedy. I don't think it comes, I doubt it comes at this level because this is. Oh, this there's is like, no chat. Yeah. There's just no chat. The music is just another level, right? I mean, you can fill, guys like Chappelle could fill 10, 15, 20. Can they do 60, 100 nights? But that's the thing. I think Kevin Hart was making the most money because he was doing arenas and he was selling out, like, I think 30, 40, oh, like 50,000. Yeah, the O2. Um, but even just like, I, I, I could be getting this wrong, but I just, I remember hearing some other comedians talking about who makes the most money and, like, cause I, I'm a fan of Kevin Hart, but he's definitely not like the best comedian. Like there's other comedians that are way better, but just his style of comedy meant he could get families out. He could get, it, it was a little bit cleaner by that point. I'm, Google, I'm Googling it right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh dude, he, he makes a shit ton from touring. Yeah. Cause I, and I, but the thing is, I'm just thinking logically around Taylor Swift ticket prices are $50 to 900, like 900 is the VIP price. And I think we've, with comedy, you're not really doing that, right? Like you might be charging a hundred a show or something like that. But oh, dude, you're, you're right. Charge. He crushed it, man. He's you had know, what, years. What's his where numbers? He's, yeah, he's had years where he's made fifty to hundred mil touring. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, and that you're Gervais, right. that I bet he was up there at one point. Who's Who? that? Sorry, oh, Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Ricky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he had yeah. some good years. Definitely. But the, 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 I I don't know. This is like uh from the few people I've met that work in music, it's like touring is where people have their payday, basically, you know, like you're, everything else is in service of that. Like, obviously people want to make music and stream it and get distribution for it, but crossing the chasm into the real world and performing is where like the bigger economic opportunity is. Yeah. I was actually talking to someone the other day, like entertainment lawyer, and the difference between, actually, he was explaining to me like how different cities become really good for music artists. It's like you have to have venues that cater to all these different sizes. So you oh, have to be able point. to fill up a thousand seat show. It's like the three thousand, yeah, a five thousand, and then it just goes parabolic from there, right? Because if you can get ten thousand, you can get fifty. But mm. the difference between like a 1,000 and a 5,000 person show is a big as an artist is massive, even compared from like 10 to 50 or 50 to 100. Because it's not in the category of like stadium filler. I think it was on, um, what's it called? The, the podcast, those two lads at the creator podcast, they interviewed Schultz. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's oh, Colin Colin Smear. Colin Colin Smear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a great bit on that where uh, Andrew Schultz talks about his TikTok distribution. I think we might have even had this conversation where he's like showing up to these cities that he'd never expect to have an audience in and it's just packed out. Like I think it was Columbus or something he said. Like he yeah, expected like to go there and be like, yeah, yeah. nobody's going to show up to this. But like the flattening of distribution that came from TikTok meant that, you know, a hundred person comedy club you can fill up anywhere in America now because yeah, you completely. have the TikTok distribution. That's, that's a good example, though, of like the comedian arc, like the progression, because they go from basically paying money to go to a comedy, uh, you know, to do comedy at like open mic, basically. Like you, you, you often don't pay, but you might like you earn your right by convincing 10 friends to come. So they're buying tickets. So you're right, pretty right. much paying in your labor. And there used to be things where they would have to go out on the street and like, 
you know, ticket and sell tickets for the for the club and stuff like that. So that's essentially where you start. But then you go from okay, now people know me. There's a hundred people in the club. Like the, everyone's just signed up for that night. They didn't come to see me. Then it goes. Right. Oh, I'm Andrew Schultz. I'm you know Ricky Gervais, and I'm actually selling out the whole comedy club across the country. That's a few hundred a night. But now, then they get to like theaters, which is a few thousand. And then you're right, like the arena size. That's why Kevin Hart was such a cool example because no one really does arenas, really. Like I, I went to Chris Rock at O2. I think that's maybe 20,000 people when I went like many years ago. So at that level, you can maybe do it. But it's the other thing is comedy in an arena, in my opinion, is not that great. Like, right, it, right. Because you, you need that room, the echo, uh, like the the energy of the small room is, is so much better. Whereas like a stadium, if you're in a stadium for Taylor Swift or you even like, I've seen like Drake, Kanye, like these guys, it can still be a great show because you're singing the same songs. Whereas a comedy show, if you're hearing the same joke over and over again, it's not funny, right? Versus yeah. like you go into a comedy, to a music show and you're like, you want to hear the same song. Like you guys literally heard Jay-Z and Kanye play that one song nine times or something, right? So that's the difference between ten, the two. Ten times. Ten, ten, ten times. Ten times, ten times. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's that's interesting. But yeah, just to conclude that, do you think there are other categories that would even come closest in the future? Let's oh, say. Oh, there's a music is it's video music games is its own in thing. Uh, Asia. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's true. Actually, the video gaming one is interesting because that's closer to sports, though. Almost like the yeah. the level of people. What about this? Uh, this is a, a long shot, but not podcasting as a whole. But let's say Joe Rogan. I reckon Joe Rogan could sell out. I mean, he does sell out comedy oh, yeah, he's a, he arenas. Was, yeah, he's a comedian. He, he does it with uh, Dave Chappelle. But like for his podcast, I imagine he had. And I'm not. I'm literally thinking out. I'm thinking out loud here. So oh, I, yeah, I'm no, not saying well, I agree. Well, this. I'm gonna double down on music. It's just nothing is like nothing uh, is more of a mind virus than music, right? It's like yeah, it's like a good song. It just boop two yeah. three minutes. You're it's hooked that for life, nostalgic right? thing as well. All right, so maybe the question is less around can it beat music, but just around who can oh, fill up arenas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I, mean, I think like, Joe Rogan could fill up arena for if he got two, three massive podcast guests and he combined it with some other stuff. I'm, I'm pretty sure where he's got like 12 million people listening an episode, like he can 100% get you know, 20, 30, 50,000 people out. Mr. Um, Beast. Mm, that's oh, interesting. That's an example. Yeah. That's yeah. some live, like. Hold on to the car until you pass out. Something <laughs> yeah. people will queue up Just for that. In I'm an sure. arena. Like, I don't know how well that would be. What, what <laughs> about like, so magicians? Much... Magicians are quite interesting. Oh, David, boys. Bro, David Blaine. David Copperfield. Uh, I just saw oh, Copperfield. Yeah, I thought you were going to say guy, Blaine. Yeah. Yeah, he Vegas. was doing a stupid number. Yeah, Vegas. The we Vegas residency. We should that's do true. residency breakdown. That's fascinating to me. Oh, man. that's like, like DJs Maroon, as well. Maroon 5. British Spears. Britney Spears. Who else? Um, Calvin Harris, I remember seen, reading about him. Calvin Harris is the number one DJ like I saw every Celine Dion. Have you guys seen? Celine have you guys Dion? done? No, have you guys done a residency? Enough. Have you seen any? No. Have you no. Got, okay. No. Not her. Uh, no. I've seen Calvin Harris to be fair, but uh, okay. That was diff That was fabric London. If you have been there, Jack, absolute banger <laughs> yeah. of a place. Trunk. This is like the you know you know you've heard the the music dubstep like that was a big thing like 10, 15, 20 years ago. That was like the home of dubstep for a while. Allowed out of this super dry T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, super dry. Do you know what? Actually, I literally went to the Calvin Harris concert the night before I flew out to Dublin to start my first job at Google. I nice. probably wore a suit to Calvin Harris, to yeah, be honest. But yeah. no, uh, no, that was that was fun. But yeah, we should definitely do that. A, a Vegas residency breakdown. 
as well because there I guess, are yeah, so we, many people you know still making a living from that. I get it's still music, but I guess just different category like DJ. Like it's such a different. That's crazy, though, right? Like showing up and and like mixing music for a it's couple incredible. hours and filling up a place, and obviously the AV setups. I know a guy who uh, went to school with the bloke who does Martin Garrix's laser stuff. So every venue they go to, it's like you drive like two of these massive Arctic trucks, trucks. Full of stuff. Yeah, and just like program these lasers depending on the shape of the build. Like the production that goes into these things is yeah insane, man. Roll yeah. into town for one night, build that thing, and then you're back on the road the next day. That Crazy. is sick. Crazy. Go do that. All right. Trung, anything else on Taylor Swift before we wrap that up and talk Actually, about- Actually, I'll do one thing for you guys. Uh, a nice little historical analogy. The Beatles. So we're talking yeah. about the energy that's happening right now. You guys probably know all this famously in 1963, the Beatles showed up on the Ed Sullivan show and that started their Beatlemania rise. I did not know that, no, to be honest. Oh, you did so <laughs> no, no, it was a very specific one of the, no, one of the most famous uh, one of the most famous like uh, pop culture images of the 20th century is the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show okay, do you know what now you say that I know the picture you're talking about you've definitely seen it yeah, yeah that's, I know the picture well, but you I know didn't exactly. know you definitely know that image yeah. right yeah yeah no, that the image was when I know, they yeah. broke through in America but the crazy mm. thing is if you actually look at the history of that I think that happened in March no one in America even knew the Beatles in December of uh, 1962 and no one knew about them. And then within three months, they were the hottest shit in the world and then dominated the rest of the decade. But there's a similar, there's a lot more similarities and a lot of like happenstance involved in how that happened. But one thing that is of note was JFK was assassinated in the in the previous fall, in November 1960, wait, am I getting the number? 1963. And so there's a 64, sorry. Um, just fast forward everything I said by year. But the whole point was this. JFK was assassinated, and what basically happened was that there was a very somber mood in America. Like the country was, uh, and especially the youth of the country were looking for something to kind of pick them to up, uplift them. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it wasn't so different. I mean, very different circumstances. But I'm talking about a, tra a tragedy or something you have to deal with as a country, which yeah. in, in our case was pandemic and COVID, and like all this pent up like kind of demand for like uh, an emotional uh, 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 release. Yeah. And the Beatles basically filled that void. So just to confirm, they came in February 1964 in the Ed Sullivan show. So JFK was killed in November 22nd, 1963. So one year, I made a one year snafu. Rafa, you I can like, edit all Tron, that to make Tron, me sound Tron's smart. so annoyed that you got yeah. annoyed, that you uh, messed that up the that. date. History but, uh, I thought that was an interesting over. parallel, right? Whereas that the, 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 the national mood was uh, a contributing factor so something yeah, that became, because they have compared this Taylor Swift uh, uh, tour to like Beatlemania. That's kind of what it feels like, right? Um, but anyways, that's it. Uh, Boys, that's I'm looking up some that. trivia. I'm looking up some trivia here. Oh, Biggest go. gigs of all time. Okay, on, hit, hit us. us. Hit us. What do you think the largest attendance of a live music event ever is? Oh, wasn't this Metallica in the Soviet Union? No, uh, that was also an incredible close. guest. Though. You're close. You're okay. number two. You're number two okay. with that one. Damn, that okay, what's was number wait, one? Is it number one two? Gone. Number two was Metallica in Moscow, 1.6 million people. Okay, this is towards wow. the end of the Cold War, and they're like letting in some American acts. What, what uh, what's number a one? visual this is. Number one is Jean-Michel Jarre, also in Moscow in 1997, three and a half million people. 
Oh what? my goodness. What yeah. year? 1997. Wow. What Ro is Rolling what, Stones is played in Rio on the beach. One and a half million people. I was wow. looking up, Bilal, I was looking up uh, Nebworth. Mm. Oasis, those uh, famous Oasis gigs, which similar uh, story arc trunk to the Beatles, where these lads writing music in the back of a chip shop, and then <laughs> a year later... Chip shop. <laughs> hey, oh, the documentary seen, is so uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, that what you about to say? Sorry, go on. Uh, so good. Great film. That's, that Trunk, have you watched this? Must the watch. Oasis documentary. Supersonic. No, I yes. need to because I know Oasis are the baddest MS of all time. Man, they're so good. Yeah. They're the so Gallagher good. brothers. Such, they're great. It's incredible so characters. And still, there's speculation that these now. boys are going to get back together. There's some speculation yeah, yeah. they go back on tour. I got a little, yeah, a little personal trivia. I went to the last ever Oasis gig, not That's knowing incredible. it would be the last one. Just Wait, where was that? Be. Cardiff. Cardiff. Millennium Stadium. Uni there. Mm. Millennium Stadium. Wow, that's a throwback. Because, Trung, this is a fun fact. Millennium Stadium, when Wembley Arena, uh, Wembley Stadium, which is the home of football, uh, like they were, you know, doing construction on it for several years. Millennium Stadium in Cardiff the became the place where all the finals were played. And that was, I've completely ah. forgot about that. It's actually a really beautiful stadium. Man, but, um, that it brings back some memories, man. Cardiff train station just around the corner. Super from... dry jeans on, not yeah. even the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Weatherspoons next to a Millennium Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Any day you could go in there about, I think it opens at 7 o'clock in the morning and yeah. it's busy, mate. Doesn't you know, matter the day of the week. at 7 a.m., yeah. yeah. <laughs> Horrendous. Trung, have you heard of Weatherspoons? It's like a, a chain pub, basically. It's basically a pub, no, but it's what, like a what, chain. What it, what it is like, it's like the McDonald's of pubs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's perfect. Perfectly or, or, or is it the <laughs> Pret Manger of pubs? I love Pret, man. Oh, Pret. No, it's definitely not yeah. Pret Manger. No, we're definitely, it's like. <laughs> no, no, it's the, it's the more than McDonald's. Yeah. All right, okay, boys, let's uh, go yeah, on. I think we should skip. I actually think we should skip affirmative action because this is like. I, I yeah, wanted to look perfect. through my notes. It's like an hour-long chat. Well, let, let's action. get on to the travel then. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Let's affirmative action, we can skip. We can, uh, uh, it's also, uh, to be fair, none of us are even American, so we don't really have to, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to be, I don't want to be accused that, uh, Adopted I'm, I'm Americans, yeah, putting man. my we... nose in other people's businesses. Um, no, that's okay, gone. But, uh, okay, so what did you have for travel, Bilal? Because I'm happy to, uh, no, no, go for it. I'll let you, 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 uh, run with it. I can add in some stuff if needed, but you, you had this idea to talk about it. So let's, okay. you run with it. So. Well, let's just start with uh, Bilal. Tell us about your Lisbon trip. Why don't you tell us about? Because Bilal just did. He just did some residencies. Bilal just did some residencies in different cities. Why don't you did, tell yeah, the? Yeah. Why don't you tell us and the listeners what you've been up to? Yeah, the summary is I spent six weeks in Europe, which was incredible. But I went to Berlin, Amalfi Coast in Italy, um, London, uh, Lisbon, and then back to. Italy, Lake Garda after that. So that was six weeks, really amazing, R really memorable trip. I've done quite a few of these like, long-term travel things like where I spend a few months in different countries, but this was the one that I moved around the most. I don't usually, I actually don't like moving around that much. I kind of prefer just staying in a place for like a month or two. It's like a very different experience than just visiting for, you know, like a week or two. Obviously, I know like not everyone can do that, which is understandable, but this one, because of lots of different events going on, I kind of had to keep keep moving. But it was it was probably the yeah the most active trip I've done in terms of moving around in Europe anyway. 
So really, really incredible. I had a great time, man. Give me some but Lisbon yeah. highlights. What was a Lisbon highlight? Uh, have you have you guys been to Lisbon? I think Trung has. I've been to Lisbon. But uh, there's a well, this is, there's so many great things. But there, if you guys ever go to Lisbon, you have to try the pastel de nada. Have you ever tried this the custard kind of uh, dessert? And they're so they're like everywhere. They're like one or two euros each. I'm not saying that was the highlight. What, but the one with the egg, the egg custard? Yeah, it's like the Bro, egg custard thing. It's so Those good. are so famous in uh, East Asia because of oh, the Portuguese of the... and Macau. Yeah. So oh, I used yeah. to roll up, uh, I went to Macau a few times when I was living in Vietnam. And this used to be a Portuguese uh, uh, co- colony, colony or something. Yeah. So you roll up there and they got them them delicious little egg tarts. Oh, man. Um, blah, blah. My favorite part. Did you, did you ever go to the seafood restaurants there and then get a steak sandwich for dessert? <laughs> are you guys familiar with this no i did not know i mean i did have a i probably had a steak sandwich but i didn't have it for dessert but is that a thing is that like it's a hundred percent a thing i didn't i didn't steak see that sandwich for dessert do you want it it's called a prego oh, i mean you probably okay. saw yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. the beef okay. prego or the steak prego do you know why it's a dessert you will love this this is no. from tony uh, anthony bourdain fun fact when, fun, you eat at a, when you eat at a seafood restaurant right and you drink it there's not a lot of soaking up of the alcohol. Mm, okay, right? got Seafood it. Yeah, it's yeah. all very heavy. So you're yeah. eating your crab, you're eating shrimps, you're eating clams. Delicious. But you ain't really filling up the stomach. It's not soaking up like a steak sandwich. You need, you need a steak sandwich. Mm, right? Yeah. So um, people, it was the greatest thing. I, I rolled up to this restaurant that Anthony Bourdain from one of his episodes, you know, rest in peace. And afterwards, I'm like, do you guys still do the steak sandwich to dessert? So like, oh yeah, I'm like, give me one. Oh <laughs> man, one. wait, this was in Lisbon though. Yeah, this was in Lisbon. And it was like, yeah. it was the greatest dessert I've ever had in my life, man. You're yes. eating a greasy a steak, steak sandwich for dessert. Now, uh, do you know what? I, I will a- say though, there was so many, I mean, you know, like walking, you know how I love walking, but like walking around there is so challenging because of all the the slopes and stuff, right? Like yeah. you're going up. Yeah, and it's also just, it's really fun. But after a while, like I have a bit of a bad knee and I've had a bad knee for a while. So it's not the best for me, like climbing up all those steps every day. But there were so many cool, like there's this one square, uh, which I'm pretty sure a lot of like the international people, expats like live there. It's kind of an expensive area. But just on a Friday night, you could go there and there were these, uh, well, the, the, the first night, the, the whole of June was basically a festival. Like there were events going on every day. And actually, fun fact, we saw uh, Tim Ferriss was in the same place uh, where we were hanging oh. out outside. Uh, just before I got there, I was with my friend uh, who's like a big advertiser for his podcast called Four Sigmatic. They're like a mushroom company. So there was some connection there. But That's it was your just buddy? Like, did you meet yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my friends. Yeah, he was with me uh, in, in Lisbon. So did you meet Tim? I didn't meet Tim. No, no, no. But I was just saying it was this place where... Like everyone's just outside, there's barbecues going on. They, they do like the sardine thing where they're cooking the sardines outside. But it's Bro. just such a great vibe, like being outside with the great weather on this square. And then uh, I think that the next night we went there again and there was, there's like this natural wine bar in the corner, I forgot the name. And they these the two owners come out and they're just serving people, give you like all these tasters. And then they, they encourage you, it's like the opposite of America. They encourage you to go into the park with the glass of wine and like, go and meet people and stuff like that. So it was just like stuff like that was really, really fun. You couldn't, uh, I didn't even know like you can do that there. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, going down to the coast, there's like the beautiful coastline is incredible as well. So definitely recommend, uh, I want to spend some more time in, in Portugal for sure, man. Let's go start on. getting to it then. Let's start yeah. getting the questions. What go is on. the best city 
in Europe to visit Jack first. Yeah. Florence is my favorite. Ooh, tell us more. Tell yeah, us that's a more. Good, good shout. So I was not a continental Europe appreciator until <laughs> I moved to America. So all of my European trips when I was living in the UK was... Magaluf. Yeah, Ibiza. <laughs> that's basically it. Like I'll go to Ibiza twice or three times oh. every summer for yeah, yeah. 10 years. Buddy's off at the car factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. We're taking a direct flight to Ibiza. Yeah, half an hour flight to Bristol Airport, 19 pounds on a little easy jet flight. Oh my God, incredible. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, uh, when Cecilia studied abroad in Italy when she was oh, at uni. How many years? One uh, couple months, I think, just okay. one semester. And uh, always was like convincing me that we got to go visit Italy. And it took me a long while to. Uh, basically take the suggestion. We went, I don't know when it was. It was actually just before COVID we went. So when was that? 20, I actually think we, Celia got COVID there. Cause you know, they remember they said they uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. found it in the water or something over there. Like this was the end of 2019, I think. Found it in the water, yeah, yeah. I no, they were it. testing the water there and they did. They found it later. Yeah, I remember, you talking about Italy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And it so, was like, that was the first one in Europe to get hit really bad. I remember yeah, that. Was yeah, we got really back terrible. and she was sick for weeks and weeks after that. Uh, well, like, well, we probably should go see a doctor, but it cleared up eventually. But anyway, Florence and Rome we did. I think we did 10 days and it was like end of the year. So we did, then we did the Christmas with my family in the UK after that. And uh, just class, just a class trip, like a massive appreciation for art, architecture, history, um, it was cool. At Florence, I did feel like would have been like a livable place. We, I don't know. It's always you always get that sense, and then maybe you go somewhere and it's different to be a resident there. Yeah, but yeah. It did feel like a place that we could at least spend a Some good time, extended amount of time, time there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's so picturesque there, man. It's like everywhere it's you class. look. If you do any photography, it's like the perfect place because it's all the shadows and then the all the old buildings. The colors, the dome, like the dome yeah, yeah. or whatever. It's we're, we're Lindy, talking about man. Florence still. Uh, trunk, trunk dropped off. Yeah, it's Lindy. It's Lindy. <laughs> you can. I mean, you feel something about it, right? Like the amount of, like, plenty of people have said artic said this in a very articulate way, but the architecture of a place does seep into your experience of it, right? It's like it's so thoughtfully constructed, so much history, so many people appreciate the history and maintain the history of it, that uh, it does shape your experience being there. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I, and then Rome, I appreciate it for different reasons. It wasn't, didn't like, wasn't somewhere that I would consider living, I don't think, but man, just crazy history. Obviously, and, you Colosseum, yeah. Vatican, just going around all these yeah, you've done I that. I love the right? way you call the outdoor museum, right? It's just like it's an mm. outdoor museum. Yeah, some of yeah. the stuff that, like, actually in Florence, one of my favorite places was the Galileo Museum. It's like a basically a telescope museum there, like the shit that these boys were doing six hundred years ago. <laughs> that shit these yes. boys were doing is unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, these That's lads the were way. up yeah. to some crazy <laughs> shit, man. Galileo and the boys, yeah. That it is, is so crazy. funny. It is incredible. Well, Jack, did you guys go to Tuscany? No, I've been to um, 
I guess maybe this is Tuscany. I went to Bologna for a, okay. a gig I did with Ferrari back in the day. That oh, was fun. no way. That's Maranello. Awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Tuscany is pretty hard to beat, though. That is... Wait, we were talking about steak in Lisbon. You know that the Florentine steak game is Ooh, real strong. Incredible. Yeah, they got the, 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 like, where, where open, did... the fridge uh, <laughs> up front with all the cuts. Yeah, yeah, well, did yeah. you appreciate? Did you know when you're traveling and like, listen, you're at the beginning of a travel, you're always like lo more loose with your wall, but towards the end, you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta like, I gotta you like, go every day, like, yeah. so like during our Italy trip uh, when we went in 2019, fall 2019, we were four, we were in Florence on the 12th day of a 17 day trip, and at that point, trunk stunner was like, yo. We might have to eat McDonald's every meal. You gotta pull it back. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we found a Florentine steak place, which was like 20 euro, feeds three people. We had, I think we hit there three nights in a row. But that's one of the joys of traveling is when you're on a little bit of a budget and you just find one place that just slaps so one. hard. And also, honestly, being in Europe right now, like just coming back last night, I went for dinner. I scanned my card. And you know, on the Chase app, I get like the little notification. And for the last six weeks, I'm I'm in my head automatically doing the conversion like oh that was uh, not that bad in dollar terms but this one I was like oh wait that's the same amount and I I hadn't uh, clocked that I was back sort of thing but just the amount of like just the fact in US you add tip and tax to everything like twenty percent tip plus tax whatever that is like almost ten percent it just you it's just so much cheaper like for even like going to a fancy restaurant there everything's so much cheaper with the purchasing power of the dollar right now and if you think in Bitcoin terms. Even more, you know, up eight percent in a year or whatever I, it is. But am, yeah, am I right or wrong? Is one Bitcoin still worth one Bitcoin? <laughs> is that still whole? And you're still standing, so we know where we're at still. But boys, I think Sailor just bought another uh, 150 he, mil or I something. Saw didn't that. He? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, <laughs> Michael Shadjo did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, I got a good Florentine story. Uh, I have uh, I have a speeding. I know I have a uh, a parking ticket from the Italian government for Florida. They somehow found me. I got one of those nearly, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, bro, I paying this, man. Like, have you first of all, have you seen your street? I'm supposed to figure out as a tourist how to park in this mess. Like each, it's like one and a half lanes, and I don't even think it was a parking ticket. I think they said I went like, I sped through a stop sign. I'm like, how do you even know this? How desperate are the city finances? I know they're desperate. This is like a, a whole joke, thing. Right? There's like, go on Reddit, man. There's like a whole subreddit of this. The I, I stayed at a hotel in uh, Bologna and the, the hotel was in this like historic zone that you're not supposed to drive into. So I was going in and out of it like seven times a day. <laughs> and I had just- $5,000 There's just so many, so many pieces of paper mailed about it. Think about how bad your uh, your your public finances have to be, where your way to to fund the right, city right. like the garbage pickup is to hunt down tourists, <laughs> send them. Dude, how ridiculous it's insane, is it? Man. It's, it's just insane. so ridiculous. But um, I love that. Blau, for you, what's your favorite European city? Do you know what? It's hard to yeah, cause it's annoying to say the favorite because obviously I'm from London and it's like an obvious basic answer like london paris or those so i'm just going to say one that isn't one i haven't even been to that i would like to go to so let's say so istanbul i've been to turkey like five times but never to istanbul and i've saved that for like another trip you've uh, been to I, turkey five times you never went to istanbul i know yeah i, I went to like all the coast region like many times okay. as a kid and like as a young adult but yeah and istanbul is kind of like you know when you're i don't know if you had this as well jack but when you're living in europe 
you kind of take for granted how easy it is to oh, get 100%. to all these places, right? Barcelona, so, actually, as well, Bilal, yeah. Oh, well, you've never been to Barcelona? No, I'm saying that's a oh. killer city. That's yeah, a great yeah, it's a city. Killer, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good shout as well. But what, what I was saying was just there's so many places that I just haven't been to in Europe because I was like, oh, I can just go any weekend and I just never got to going because I left. And it so it mental now, when I when go back, about I like, yeah, it is crazy how like you can get a 20 pound trip to a lot of these places. And then if you're, even if you're a student, you can stay in a hostel. Like I stayed in hostels yeah. for five pounds a night or something like that. Or you can spend was... a grand to go to Boston or yeah. two grand. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Seriously, that's literally what it is. Exactly. But yeah, so trying, I, w- I won't say, because to say anything definitively is the best, obviously it depends what you're looking for, but favorite, I would favorite. say- He's saying there favorite? is no second best, I think. Yeah, there is no second best. Yeah, I would say that I think what's interesting with Turkey, and maybe we're going to do beach stuff later, but Turkey is a very interesting part of Europe because you're, it's both Europe and Asia. So you're, yeah, I think it's like yeah. 15% Europe, 85% Asia, depending on who you ask. And I think Istanbul I've never been to, but looks incredible, incredible history, obviously. Turkish food is banging, people are friendly. And for me growing up, uh, going with my family, I, I was talking about this on the trip, being from Muslim background, I realized how many places we went to that were also Muslim countries and um, how much of a difference it made. Like, cause it just, you know, if you're eating like halal food, for example, like you can't, if you're going all the way to Portugal, you're going to Spain and you're eating fish every day, it gets like very boring. So for us growing up, going there, that's why we went so many times. Because you could eat steak mm. every day, or you could eat whatever. So yeah, I'd say that as a place I haven't actually been, and I'm excited to. That's a bit to of a visit. cop out, yeah. actually. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna enough. push <laughs> you here. What's your favorite European? Like, not the best. Your favorite? My, fa- I mean, I, again, it's like kind of a boring answer, but like London, just because I'm from there and oh, I know okay, it really, okay, really well. Okay, pass is, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, is, it is an incredible city, <laughs> especially in the summer. You need to go in the summertime now. But yeah, so I mean, there's there's so many places. But yeah. okay, hold I, on, you walk, explain, because I was just in London. I saw you yeah, London. Yeah. Tell me why London slaps in the summer. I think in the summer because people it rains so much during the rest of the year, or like it's not the best weather. So when the summer hits, everyone gets on it and everyone's excited. There's so many things going on, so many events, so like anything you want to find. Kind of like New York. The reason I love New York, you get that same vibe in London, but there's also so many parks. So. I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily for like history though. There's obviously a lot of history to see there as well, but more like lifestyle wise, it's just very interesting. There's so many things going on that like the, obviously the food you actually get, I think there's a really bad old um, stereotype of bad food in England. Like we've maybe, discussed it on this show. Yeah, many we've times. discussed it on the show, <laughs> but London food is actually really good. Like it's like you can big get anything, city, right? right? You can get yeah. any, any of the top level food in the world. Exactly. Exactly. And there's actually like very um, like amazing restaurants and stuff. And, Good cheap eats, also the kebab slap. So you got you got to really just make the most of it. But yeah, I will say I'll, I'll say like a Berlin was also a place I've been to a couple of times now, and that is a really interesting city again for the history stuff. If you want to go do that sort of stuff, but also just it's just a very clubs. livable the sex that clubs. too that too. But like <laughs> nightlife wise, you can go out on a Friday and stay out till Monday if you want. Like that, people do that literally. Yeah. Um, and then the foods again incredible. There's it's like, you know, a very international city that isn't London. So I think that's a, you know, again, it's not like an unknown place, but yeah, obviously a really, really fun place as well. Let me, let me keep pressing you on London. I like, I like where this is going. Yeah. So two questions. <laughs> this is a pure touristy guy lens. So yeah. is Hyde Park the best park in London? Mm, I, doubt, I don't think so. I, I think, think it's so? a good park, but there's so many nice parks like Primrose Hill is nice. Hampstead Heath is really beautiful. 
but they're kind of a bit further out. Um, Kew Gardens is nice. But yeah, I mean, Hyde Park is nice, but it's kind of like Central Park. It's like, it okay. is really nice. But then, again, as a tourist myself, I always hate being around lots of tourists. So that is probably one of the most touristy ones. So you're just around people with selfie sticks and stuff a lot more. But it's still a nice park. But it's not as beautiful. Like Hampstead Heath is actually really great because you get like the you get the woodsy sort of part, but also the kind of sitting on the lawn part if you want to do that and have your Pim's Cup going, uh, a little picnic going. So yeah, I'd say, uh, yeah, that's that's probably my favorite one. One more London summer question. So I'm a, I'm on the London Knife ferry tour. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I get in there, sit down with the wife and kid, get myself that six pound of wine, the one that comes in, uh, oh, in the, yeah. the plastic bottle. So I'm I'm on that ferry and I'm seeing a lot of people at these oyster places, right? On the on the River Thames. Oh like yeah, on yeah, the side. yeah, yeah. Do those things slap? Do you ever go to those things? I feel like I've probably gone back in the day, but I feel like what, like a lot of like in any big city, there's a lot of the tourist trap places where they're charging a crazy amount of money for like mediocre stuff. So it could easily be one of those because of the location. For sure. I, I, don't, I don't know for, okay. for sure, so to be honest. Okay, so that's not but, like a thing you're like, oh, yeah, you got to definitely do that. But there are a few places, honestly, near the Thames, like Gordon's Wine Bar. Have you heard of that? Or I might have told you about it. That's like the oldest uh, wine cellar in London. It's like 600 years old or something crazy. You walk downstairs, it's like this crazy, cozy wine cellar place. But yeah, there, there's a lot of, like like any big city, if you just, you can find a pocket that you love, but it might take a little time. And a lot of people go to London don't love it straight away, which which is fair enough. And uh, but I think yeah, obviously I'm defensive over it, but I do think if you if if I'm picking one, I kind of have to pick that, you know. What right, about you, Trunk? Or and then uh, Jack mentioned Barcelona. Barcelona is sick, to be I fair. Think, Jack, you're talking about uh, you guys are talking about the architecture like seeping into you. You're just like oh, we talked yeah, about it last year, right? When uh, we after I that. buddy, yeah. <laughs> Palmer, <laughs> well, they come and they're slick. dude. We're talking about uh, Amon. Yeah, Amon. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the architecture. No, no, no. Yeah. But I mean, like that's that's equally as good, right? Like that's the other part of it. It's like yeah, that's, that's dude, hard Barcelona to be Barcelona. Slap. Like here, so for good. Me, this is not this is not going to be a controversial statement. I love Jack saying random Spanish stuff. Patatas bravas. What else is what's the uh, what's Cerveza. the beer? What's the Cerveza. Spanish beer? The um... um, I know you're talking about the red the red label now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, it's like two euros. So many that, good memories. That's actually of that, a nice man. one. You can just walk around with that, like get potatoes, bravas, and a, a bunch of food. <laughs> Sorry, every every <laughs> Spanish-speaking person is going to be horrified no. by the pronunciation. But go on, trunk. Sorry, you're right. No, like Barcelona is definitely that's it, up there. That's it. This is what I bought last year. Is the Gaudi book? Yeah. Talked about him. Beautiful. He got to the Sagrada Familia. Or his mm. gardens, the stuff that he's worked, dude. Oh yeah, incredible. One, one person in a city, and uh, that's a place that I would consider. Uh, living for many, many months um, with my family. Yeah. And uh, this is not a controversial statement at all. I can't mess with Northern European prices, man. I like going yeah. to the Med and it's just... The, no, it's you're right. And the weather's the sick. Value. There's also a beach there. The, that's yeah, what's cool. Beach. There aren't many proper cities. Oh, big city like, beaches, have, yeah. Yeah, there's like Rio, I guess, has a beach. Lisbon Aviv, has beaches. Yeah, uh, but Sydney, like this is, this is like actually it's a up pretty there, good right? beach. There's like... There's like ten cities in the world with a super high quality beaches, like near the uh, central business district. There's one of them. Um, the, the other thing about Barcelona, well, I'll tell you what's interesting about Europe in general. You guys probably 
let me give the economics perspective and you tell me if it, it resonates. Is like Northern Europe's obviously richer than Southern Europe. So France, Germany, England, uh, in, that area, in the North, much wealthier. Same with Scandinavia on a per capita basis. Where do they spend all that money? In the South. Like the most visited places in Europe are Athens, Rome, uh, the coasts. And uh, but it's it's been considered by many. It's like basically it's a, because since the launch of the Euro, the big controversy is that, you know, not every country has taxing power or raising because it's all under uh, one currency. But actually one way that you transfer money within the European Union or under the uh, Euro uh, currency regime is people from the North go down, take their... Uh, you know, the higher earning power and spend it in the South. And that's one way you distribute money. Yeah. Whereas in America, it's the federal government that's distributing the money. But this is a way it's of making it It's the equivalent of trickle down from country yeah, to country basis in the EU. <laughs> no, Australia is go, allowed, go by the way. Go get your patatas bravas and cerveza <laughs> and uh, spread the love. I but love Trump, yeah, I, I'm good for time, but uh, we should probably move on to some other other questions as well. So we, by the way, I also want to point out that we're doing a 4th of July episode and talking about Europe, which is incredible. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we already covered Tiller. That's true, uh, that's true. Yeah, right. But, uh, so that, that's a great shout. Barcelona is definitely, definitely incredible. Yeah, great shout. Well, what would you know? We'll, we'll include it right now. What is, uh, what would just, uh, what would just end it with this? Go simple, we're good for time. What is your favorite place in America to visit? That's a hard one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I got a lot of different ones. Go on, Jack. You gotta go freaking Northern California, yeah. boys. Northern, not Southern California. Big Sur. Mm. Um, yeah. Where else? Montana. Crazy. Oh, you like that? Were you? Have you done this uh, with Celia, or you did this with your work? Both. Done. Okay. Uh, like, uh, I did a job in Big Sky, Montana, which is like Yellowstone National Park. Mental. Just insane. Me and Celia went to this place called Glacier National Park in Montana. Incredible. And then Big yeah. Sur, I've done a bunch of work out there and done. But one of my favorite places in the world is Carmel by the Sea. You ever heard of this place? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because uh, you've told me about it. but Yeah, it's like, um, you know where um, Pebble Beach is? Amazing golf course. They do like a huge car show out there. That's why I was out there a bunch of times. But there's like these little pockets towns in like bays that all have a beach in there i think it would be like celia convinced me a long time ago that you'd probably get a little bit bored living uh living there with you know one coffee shop but it was yeah. like as a place to go and like you know spend a few months chilling out it's hard to beat the yeah. common theme here is the unplugging from the <laughs> big city grind exactly. right? like right yeah. that's yeah yeah, yeah, that's true. Those are great. That's been, that's a that good was, shot. Was a what about answer. you, Trunk? Um, in America, so live in Boston, been in California a bunch. Uh, this Hawaii count. I love Hawaii, man. I love Honolulu. Yeah, yeah. Vegas does oh, count. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, Ve Vegas. So I've been to Maui and Honolulu, and they're so different, right? Because Honolulu is like basically Vegas on the beach, and Maui is its own resorty thing. <laughs> I way prefer the that's Vegas a on the beach. Tagline right there. Yeah. Tagline for an I ad love, campaign. <laughs> so for the listeners that have been, like, if you've been on. Uh, the Halakalane, legendary hotel. I was there and I'm like, I've never been to Honolulu. I think it went three years ago. And I'm like, this is the greatest place ever. This is like, I'm like, Hawaii, I get it. I just 100% get it. I love the, the fusion of food too. You get all the Japanese, the Pacific Islander influence, the Filipino influence. And uh, in terms of Jack's answer, like a site, I probably haven't seen enough sites 
And I need to do, I owe it to myself and my family to do that drive from Vancouver down, all the way down to Southern California. Down the West Coast. Uh, yeah, down the West Coast. Mm. That drive is supposed to be incredible. But uh, I did, uh, I, the one that has definitely stood out to me was the Grand Canyon. I was like, when I saw that, I'm like, this is, like we're talking about mental, this was, I was like, this is insane. And it never ends, right? It's just like, you see one section of the Grand Canyon. We did it from a tour from Vegas, my wife and I. And uh, you see one sliver of it. And then you're like, this thing just, it doesn't end. This freaking sight does not end. And uh, okay, my last thing that I really enjoyed was I was down in San Diego. There's this place called Tijuana. It's <laughs> this place <laughs> called Tijuana. It's not there we go. quite in America. It's yeah. about 30 minutes <laughs> in an Uber from downtown San Diego. Incredible. No, I didn't uh, realize it's that close, 30 minutes. Oh, wow. it's it's incredibly but that, close. That like, whole region, you're right, though. Like, I mean, again, it's a kind of obvious answer, but that West Coast part, like even going down from LA to San Diego, like that whole, there's so many nice places on the way. Mental even good, Even where my, my uh, missus, her family's from, uh, Orange County, like there's lots of beautiful, like- Orange County. I know you sick. love, yeah, Laguna I Beach, and Newport Beach, they're all- Beautiful. Yeah, every time I'm there, I send Jack a met, like a picture of the same places like that he loves. But I love it's just, that shit. It's just, it's just, I think a lot of good memories there as well because it's like, you know, coming to America, like the, even when I was a kid, the first time I came was 96. And uh, I'm, I came for the six week summer holidays. Like the, in the UK, oh, we get six weeks. You used with, to do six weeks no, in No, but this... that, was, that was like with my mom and my sister. And we had That's family. We did like the time. Pakistani way, like oh. with my auntie in New Jersey in Queens. Yeah. My uncle in Queens, and then I had an uncle in Sacramento. So not like, Yellowstone is what you're saying. No, no, no. We weren't pulling out. We did go. I mean, it was an incredible trip. We went to Disneyland. Uh, like we That's did some in Anaheim or Disney World or whichever one it is. We yeah, we went up to Niagara Falls. That was actually really incredible as well. But yeah, it was a fun trip back then. But it was like uh, really planted the seed for like that American. Kind of like what you've seen on TV, but seeing it in person was kind of crazy. And I remember coming out of LAX and seeing like the palm trees and just as being someone from Europe, like just seeing a palm tree in a city is like, what? what's going on here? And then I remember- hey, when California I was, is next level geographically. It's, yeah. It just hits it's so beautiful, man. yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'd ever want to live there, but I do love visiting it. It's just Monopoly really beautiful to visit. Geography, Vibes. right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible. And then um, the other one, I'll just add one that I actually haven't been to again, but I really want have wanted to go. So maybe we'll do an NIA catch up there. Uh, but New Orleans is somewhere uh, that I really. I've been. Yeah, is it is it good. fun? It's a good time, oh, man. My, bro, that's a great call. Wait, bro, shot, yeah, could you get like you... the French, the you know, like the what's it called? Wait, the French call. Is Blau doing this? I'm so places I haven't been. Like Blau, what's your favorite place? I haven't been. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying so, to say like places I know I'm sure I'd love, but like because otherwise it's like New York, yeah, New York's great, but like it's it's kinda of boring, dude, everyone New knows Orleans it already. New Orleans. So hard, dude. First of all, also so that video, the there's a viral video of these oh, uh, gangsters in New Orleans. Do you remember this chat? Is this New yeah. Orleans, the one I'm talking about? The, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do what do they say in the video? There's a there's a uh, you're, it's, you're uh, me or Ross Kemp, Ross Kemp on <laughs> gangs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trunk, have we ever seen this video? It's yeah. incredible. No, okay, anyway, sorry, it. Back to you. Have you been to New Orleans, Trunk? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's incredible, man. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll I'll give a couple tidbits what I love about the city. It's it's everything you mentioned, right? It's so like it's like Mont. Montreal and New Orleans, obviously, the French influence are so different from the rest of North America. Yeah. And uh, there's actually quite a, uh, a, a sizable, relatively speaking, Vietnamese uh, population. Oh, there I didn't realize that. During, so the, uh, 
in the lead up to like a full deployment in the Vietnam War with uh, Ho Chi Minh uh, really taking over the north and then um, moving it towards a straight conflict with the United States and the south, the southern uh, uh, South Vietnam was run by a Catholic. Uh, and the Catholic Church is very strong in New Orleans. So they took in a lot of Vietnamese uh, dissidents and uh, uh, political refugees. So that's interesting. That's how they got their Catholic Church connection. But the interesting thing about New Orleans, and I had no idea, we obviously know Mardi Gras, the crazy stuff that goes down in that area. But uh, when I got to the airport, every ad was for the World War II Museum. I'm like, what? Why is there a World War II museum in New Orleans? And like, why is it apparently the biggest one, one of the biggest ones in America? It's because they built the landing crafts for D-Day at in in the in the city and in Louisiana. So there you go. That's oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, go to the World War II Museum, people. I'll uh, definitely save that for when I go. Yeah. That's a and then uh I would say a little I think upstate New York is actually quite underrated very for sick. people that aren't in New York, because we go there quite often now. We've been going the last few years, but I lived there for like seven years before I went, which is embarrassing. Is it because there's lots of greenery, lots of trees? Yeah, and it's like, like beautiful. Like, I, I think, Jack, you were there recently, right? I think you said, oh, yeah, we man, talk about this Pound Ridge. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you said you had a great time up there. And yeah. it's just such a beautiful, like, landscape. And just, it's, it's like the woodsy areas of, you know, upstate New York. And Hudson Valley, or the Hudson Valley. River, yeah. Woodstock's we went to- pretty fun. Yeah, um, Lake Placid. If you haven't been, the mm, old yeah. uh, Winter Olympics. Olympics was held up there. You you can go and Canadian do Canadian Tron like, got happy there. there you you go, see his look face. at that. Like Those eyebrows Olympics. are way up. Olympics. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. But, yeah. Like, there's a they got all the luge stuff and everything. You go and like see all the old uh, Olympic infrastructure. Pretty cool. It's pretty. Uh, it's crazy. The U.S. Sorry, Tron. Just last thing on that. The U.S. Yeah, has so many crazy geographies. Like you literally have the Grand Canyon. To it's Alaska, to you know, New York East Coast, all the to way Las Miami, Vegas on the beach, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, it's just a crazy, what a crazy place in in a great way. But what were you gonna say, Tron? Go no, for I'll it. No, just say like very similar to uh, how you mentioned upstate New York was. Uh, actually, isn't this basically the same area? Like Southern Massachusetts is basically upstate New York, right? It's like uh, I think they may be near state, each other. It's but, similar, right? Yeah, it's like a way more cities. So the the Berkshires in Massachusetts. Yeah. So I drove to I drove through the Berkshires, which was about three hours from uh, uh, three hours from Boston, and I stopped off at the NBA Hall of Fame on the way there. So uh, that was amazing. That was a good that was a good trip. But yeah, that's it, man. Like, uh, yeah, perfect. Jazz got a balance, but that was perfect. I love it. We threw some American stuff in there, guys. Great. Happy Fourth of July! Thank Fourth you, listeners. July. Yeah, thanks everyone for Indeed. listening. Let's put it out. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll see you guys next week. Good to have everyone back in one place. Right. Nice, nice voice. Guys. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Bye.